Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Pictures Without Pictures. Today with me as always I have Venerable Reese. It is me. It is him and um, one guest we no longer have with us today is that fucking Echo. It's gone, it's dead, it's out of here. I called up Captain America and I said listen buddy I have a problem. This, this villain's gotta go <laughs> and he came across and he was like it's not an American villain though so I had to do a little fit myself. Anyway. How are you today, Reese? It was a wasted phone call. <laughs> um, I'm okay, a little sick, but otherwise, ready to talk about Send things. Send healing vibes. Um, so yeah, Captain America. I, I guess we're getting right into it. Um, I, yeah, I can actually remember my um, first time viewing Captain America. I don't think it was in the cinema, but I don't remember when I saw it. No, uh, so I didn't watch in cinema either. I decided to search my tweet history, and um, because I, I've I've been on Twitter for like twelve horrible years, and um, I've tweeted a lot of shit, so I could just search my tweet history to see what I initially thought about things when they came out, which is something I do sometimes. But the earliest tweet I could find for Captain America was on May twenty eighth, twenty fourteen, which is just a tweet. Oh God, I hate Captain America, and I don't know why because I don't hate oh. Captain America. I don't know if I was even talking about the film or the character, but um, I guess maybe that might have been, I briefly mentioned on a previous stream that um, I was annoyed that in the Lego Marvel Avengers game you have to start playing through Captain America's story first before you get to the Avengers stuff, and I found that really boring for some reason. I think that's more a flaw of the game than anything, because this movie, I'm going to go ahead and say it, it's a damn good movie! I liked it a lot! I it would go far as to saying it's my favourites out of the original Avenger films. Oh damn, that's pretty. And that's there's pretty a lot of reasons well. for that. Is that Avengers <laughs> one you're on about? Yeah. Yeah. So like the lead up to Avengers. Yeah. Assemble, it's heartfelt, say, isn't definitely. it? Definitely. It's like a really heartfelt yeah. movie. Um, Everything feels so genuine. Yeah. In it. As Everything to feels like so weighted and so genuine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it was it's one hell of a transition going from four to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure, for sure. And you have some direct comparisons as well. well. Actually, no, I say that the only direct comparison I can think of is the romance, and I think the romance in four wasn't terrible, but the romance in this is really genuine and sweet. The only thing it I didn't like very about genuine. it. The only thing I didn't like about it is it was also slightly cliche, and we'll get to why I thought that in a in a moment, but uh, or later on in the stream, but. Um, mm -hmm. I was thinking about this just before we started. Have you noticed how it, every superhero origin movie has a romance attached to it? Like, Iron Man was good because it was subversive with that, but so far, Thor and mm. Captain America, um, off the top of my head, Ant-Man as well. Um, well, Captain America, Captain America was subversive in a way, but it still ended up, because of Captain America being Captain America, it kind of went back on itself in the film anyway. So... <laughs> Just because obviously how it turned out, but the idea—I mean, they—it's they, that that point is expanded on in the later films and stuff, anyway, especially with uh, Endgame. Um, yeah, Captain. So. Yes, yeah, yeah. Endgame, by the way, makes this film a really nice rewatch because the romance does, in this is sure. tragic initially, but then in Endgame, when you realise um, obviously how that ends. Uh, spoilers for Endgame, obviously we are kind of our general spoiler umbrella here is the entirety of the MCU so far, which has been up yes. to Spider-Man Far From Home um, so obviously at the mm -hmm. end of Endgame Steve Rogers goes back in time and um, gets that rain check fulfills his promise to pin Peggy Carter, not Penny Carter goes and gets some of that life that Tony was talking to him about, yeah, and that's really I nice I believe the quote is 
But I'll tell yeah. you what, I guess I'm kind of skipping to the end of the movie here, but when when he's actually on that call to Peggy Carter at the end there, I was legitimately touched. It was really emotional. It, it, was, it, it was really sweet, me. yeah. It was, yeah, that, that caught me as well. It's It's so good, like, it's a very emotional movie, and that's what makes it feel so genuine it's because you can feel the emotion hmm. that a lot of stuff's happening like you can feel the struggle of the steve rogers wanting to do something good and basically being powerless to do it hmm. but then given a chance just because of his good nature just because of being the good man he is um he gets that chance and then he goes off and obviously gets stuck into it which i, I uh emotion is very important i think in this movie and specifically around Steve Rogers um, and how that sort of uh, changes things in the film uh, which we'll get into once we start diving into specific scenes and things. Yeah. Um, I was also going to say there's so obviously the miraculous thing about Steve Rogers is his transformation into Captain America via the super soldier Mm. serum Um, but that's not the only miraculous thing about it. When you think about it Getting frozen in the ice like that and preserved perfectly for 70 years, that's pretty Mm -hmm. much on par with his superhero origins for something crazy and out there that could happen to a person. Um, I just thought that was kind of fun to think about, the fact that, like, most superhero origin stories, you get one crazy thing that happens that, like, puts them on their path. But this one, it happens twice. And I think that's because, if I remember right, um, Captain America was originally a comic that came out around wartime or at least shortly after um, as yeah. kind of like this um, morale boosting semi-propaganda um, you know, fuck yeah, America against the Nazis, here's a comic about America personified going and beating up Hitler, all this kind of stuff um, yeah, yeah, which they use in the movie very well as well. Yeah, it's super interesting how as the comics have like gone through time there's this thing called sliding marvel time which is just this basically um get out of jail free card for the fact that time within the marvel comic universe does not move nearly as fast as time obviously our time especially with all the time travel and the reboots well half reboots they've never fully rebooted their comics and stuff yeah um yeah like for instance i believe spider-man's in his 30s at this point i don't even know anymore it's it's a whole mess Mm. but (laughs) i mean when when with all the different universes and shit when it goes on with the the marvel comics it can get a little confusing so yeah exactly we've multiple times we've sat in discord and just like researched alternate um (laughs) reality versions of characters yeah like what the fuck think of my favorite though is always spiders man spiders man spiders man is my favorite (laughs) a bunch of spiders who think that they're peter particle yeah it's like a colony of spiders yeah, they think, they think they are Peter Parker, and That's so they amazing. come together as a, as a dude. <laughs> they should make a movie about that. Brilliant. <laughs> they should put yeah. that one in the next Spider-Verse. Um, oh, it's, it's, so it's, it's, uh, someone, someone keeps saying, uh, I think it was Donkey that said this recently as well, it's like, the, the new Spider-Man games will only be good if they put Big Wheel on it. <laughs> <laughs> also, so, yeah, yeah. the best villain. Yeah, but when you consider the fact that Captain America gets put on ice, obviously, for 70 years. 
that's how they dealt with it Literally. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I don't know yeah. if they retro if they retconned his origin in the comics to be that too, um, or I think they might have. I might be wrong, um, or at least in like maybe the Ultimate Universe. There's a whole bunch of different Marvel universes. We'll be I here mean, for hours if we go down that rabbit hole. Uh, I think the reason they did it is because it was definitely like a modern take on um, the Avengers or the Avengers yeah. story, I guess. Yeah, um, we'll see that because obviously because that leads on into stuff later on in like in world technology and then that's how they change ultimately change the different characters and stuff like uh, I mean I think Spider-Man is is a very like any of the Spider-Man films is a very big testament to that obviously with Mysterio um, mm. which obviously history doesn't I'm not going to say any more about just in case we do get into spoiler territory because that's after Endgame yeah um, I did say up so, until Far From Home um, but Far From Home as well um Oh, up until did you say? Yeah, and I did. Uh, that yeah. one included. Okay, I wasn't sure if you said like before. Okay, yeah, but obviously Mysterio and his whole thing. Um, obviously, um, what's he called? Vulture. Yeah. We'll see with his big uh, te- technological stuff. Which yeah, I they have interesting. this big challenge of not just, not just you know bringing them into the real world, but also modernizing them in that way, which is super interesting. And this I think, is why. I think it allows for why... freedom to a degree as oh, well. Oh, sorry, Karen. I was just saying, I think it allows yeah, uh, sure. people to be more free in their designs. That's why, that's why I think it's so good that they started with Tony Stark and Iron Man. Mm. It's because they set the expectation of what kind of technology can exist in this universe. True. And it's not out there that... I mean, they, they pretty much make the point it's not out there that his technology gets into some different hands that you maybe wouldn't want to. Yeah. And so that obviously expands across that universe, across across obviously their planet and then out into the universe as well and then obviously when you get to guardians of the galaxy then there's even more technology yeah. beyond that, oh, that and so they're very good at building up this escalation of what fits in world yeah um without being too crazy and being like oh well this doesn't make sense in the universe and it's like well yeah. it does because of this at the same time though they were faithful to captain america's original origin story because he can't like yeah. that's his character. Like that's his entire thing. You can't really change. That I mean, changing the core concept of him. Exactly, Captain America is a very propagandic sort of thing. Mm. Um, so it makes sense that you it, it wouldn't be able to be done in a more modern setting because Captain America. That's a really fucking stupid name. Why would they call you that? <laughs> yeah. Whereas in ninety in the nineteen forties in wartime, yeah, it makes so much sense. Yeah, look at the soldiers so... of today, and on the front lines, it's Captain America. <laughs> Like you can <laughs> exactly like <laughs> it's it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Yeah, but um, the only thing I'll say, the only stick in the mud I have about that is it's a little unlikely that not only does Steve Rogers get frozen in the ice for seventy years, but also Bucky when he survives, they decide to put him on ice and save. I, it's been a while since I've seen Winter Soldier, and we'll get to it. But they also decide to put Bucky on ice and save him for the future. So basically, that yeah, because he's such an important part of Captain so. America's story arc that they, they mm. need to be together. But I think that's only the kind yeah, of thing was... that you really have to nitpick to be annoyed about. So I don't think it's really yeah, because it is weird that he can't. They kind of liked. They're like, oh yeah, he's dead. By the way, it's like, is he though? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. For anyone who is obviously is is obviously savvy with the character when this film came out and obviously that happened they were like why would they that makes zero sense like you know yeah like it doesn't make sense yeah but it's like a bit of an odd they, thing to do they made it look like quite like a thing to get him back to like to save him i 
I yeah. don't remember if they really go into detail about how they saved him in Winter Soldier, but he looked fucking doomed. Like, that is a big fucking valley. Even if there's... I think there was some icy water at the bottom. Um, that's um, still I mean, such a fucking Something that could be... Yeah, but something could be pointed out. He was strapped to a table when he saved him from that place, wasn't he? And he looked fucking out of it. So he was probably drugged up with something. So who's to say that it was something that actually ended up saving him? And then, obviously... Yeah, maybe. He was into the super soldier yeah, thing or I whatever we'll it was have i haven't seen Winter soldier again. so the only context i have of it oh yeah i haven't seen, seen it soldier, so the, the only context i have is from civil war it's such so, an important uh movie in the, i've heard it's a very good movie yeah and i'll probably love it because i know there's a lot of stuff that ties in a lot of things it's quite a traditional um, so i'm interested remember, in watching right, it it's quite a traditional action modern action style movie um whereas mm. this was obviously more of a wartime movie but it's more of like a um, fucking, for some reason all I can think of is Action Man, but it's basically Action Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've what, probably seen that's that what Captain GIF. America is. Yeah, you've probably seen that gif of Steve Rogers in the elevator for guys. Uh, uh-huh. Right, yeah. Um, that's a fun scene. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, moving on then. I forgot that David Bradley was in the MCU. There are so many, like, small characters played yeah. by quite yeah, major yeah, yeah. actors like Natalie Dormer's in this as like, well and she's on screen yeah. for like two yep. minutes <laughs> yep. although she might not have been quite she is not... as famous back then oh yeah yeah for sure yeah because this was before um, before Game of Thrones I, yeah I was going to say you are told about the person in Game of Thrones aren't you um, yeah mm-hmm. this was before she was in Game of Thrones I think so because she would have been in she, she would have been it would have been like probably Tudors, a couple of years after this but I'm not sure how popular the Tudors was but she was in the Tudors um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised she got pulled to do something like Game of Thrones. Because she's a very attractive lady. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, I I remember like not recognizing her in anything when I first watched Captain America. So yeah, shrug. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, but David Bradley, obviously Walter Frey, obviously in it too. Um, mm-hmm. And whenever I see David yeah. Bradley, I just have such respect for that actor because he doesn't have a huge role in this oh, movie. Oh. But he he's so good at playing such a diabolical, vindictive old man. Like, oh, yeah, I'm sure, sure he's a lovely person. I mean, that's pretty much. But... <laughs> he's, he's probably just been typecast typecast that for like so long well, now. Like Filch, fucking yeah. Filch is the first thing I remember seeing. Him. But um, I can tell you actually something. A role he doesn't play as a vindictive, horrible old man. He played. Uh, they did a. When Doctor Who turned 50, they did a whole thing, a whole little docudrama thing, if I remember right, it might have just been a drama, which basically retold the events of the inception of Doctor Who, and he played William Hartnell, who was the first Doctor, and they actually brought him back for um, one of the Christmas specials as the first Doctor, so he played both William Hartnell and the character that William Hartnell actually plays, Um, but he he did fantastic work in those. I I love that guy, he's great. I'm always happy to see him and stuff. And I always know, yeah, apart yeah. from those two instances, I'm probably going to hate him. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I know that was like a minor character, but I just wanted to point out that David Bradley's cool. <laughs> He's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I forgot how directly this ties into Thor. Like, yeah, it f- ties into Thor straight away. And that uh, that's, that's good. It, the way they tie stuff in is very good. I don't remember phase one being as tied together as it is, and it's oh yeah, super tied together. It's crazy. Like it's not like it's like obnoxiously done either. It's literally just here's a name that's already been and that like already been established. You know, Mm. 
and then being like, oh, so that's how this relates to that. Like literally, what it like the first words is like, oh, this used to be the crown jewel of Odin's treasure room. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. I, I like that's interesting. Yeah, I peeked up when he said that. I was like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that guy from last week. <laughs> but some something that I love um, about the start of this film is they establish two symbols immediately. They establish Cap Shield mm-hmm. um, when they obviously they find him frozen. And then they establish the Hydra emblem straight after. Yeah. Which I think is fantastic how they do that. And then how they establish the villain right away as well, where you've got the four people. Like, was there like four of the soldiers? Oh, probably should say, for before we go any further, we will be me- mentioning German Nazis um, <laughs> because obviously the film does go into uh, the, the the war with obviously the Nazis. I thought it kind of so, avoided the Nazi stuff, to be honest. It um, does mention it a few times, and there is a quick flash of the Nazi symbol at one point. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's probably why they went full on into the Hydra stuff as well, because it was like, Hydra's not, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they were like, uh, it was like, oh, Hydra are like a Nazi science division, and then flash cut to yeah. the Red Skull guy. I'm afraid I don't remember the actor's name, but uh, him basically being uh, like, I mean, he's been in a lot. He's fucking Oberon. He's really fucking... cool, though. He's Oberon from uh, Lord of the Rings, and he's oh, also oh, yeah, he uh, Agent Smith from Matrix. Oh well. yeah, he is. I, you I can't remember the actor's name though. He's a big name actor, and I don't remember his this name. This movie had so many good actors in it, so many. I could get over the German how... accent was a bit crap, but <laughs> yeah, some of them were doing crappy German accents, <laughs> but it had good actors. Um, Bucky yeah. looked like Rob Stark, uh, or oh, I forgot the actor's name. I did know it earlier, but um, he looked like Rob Stark a lot, and it kept throwing me off. There's oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah, yeah, those points, yeah, with the short hair and his double yeah. E face. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, one thing I was going to say about that, like, starting scene as well, is they establish the villain and they establish the power as well, like, the strength of said villain. And because you've got the four dudes, well. like, yeah, yeah, you've got the four, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, they immediately establish, oh, this guy's an asshole, this guy's blah, 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 blah. You know, like, they really establish that very quickly, which I think is very good. And one of the ways they almost show off how strong he is is you've got the four uh, soldiers trying to push the thing off. He wanders up, pushes it once, and it's gone. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, so this dude's really strong. Got ya. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's such a simple way of being like, okay, this is the villain. These have got bad guys. He's very strong. He also shoots a guy, because why not? Always strong. Yeah, because he took one of those yeah. super soldier serums, but it didn't turn out right, and for some reason that melted his skin off his head. That that was a yeah. little uh, skipped over, but that's that's that plot. That they, was, that's uh, what that was. Well, they they well because they were trying to be mysterious about it. Yeah. Like they were they were. I mean, which which was fine. I think that was fine. Yeah, it was um, fine. I, I understand what they were doing. Um, Red Skull. He came across as kind of a cheesy Golden Age comic villain, and it's because he is. But at the same time, they did it yeah. in a way where it wasn't actually cheesy. Like you could kind of see yeah, the was, ghost it, of the comics. Like in the dialogue between yeah. Captain America oh, and Red for Skull, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see that, but at the same yeah, yeah. time, I, it was really well done because at the same time, it didn't feel out of place or unrealistic. I think, I think one of my favorite, one of my favorite things about him as well is you can kind of, you can kind of see, um, even though he is part of like the the was it the R and D like stuff, like research and development stuff. Yeah. Um, you can kind of see like. Even though he's there, he's not really a part of any of that. He's kind of just overseeing it. Mm. Like, you can very much tell that he's just, he's, I mean, he's used to just doing things, you know, more directly. Spe- especially, specifically when those three um, soldiers are there being like, oh, 
Hitler is saying what you're doing. He wants to know. He's gonna shut you down. Wait, Germany um, is on. And then map. he tries. <laughs> yeah, like Berlin is here. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> um, yeah. Why is Berlin marked? And then he shoots him with the laser. Fucking but like he's like messing with the laser and he fucks it up a couple of times and he's just like fucking <laughs> like he just like the way he like portrays that. He's like ah, god, god damn it, guy. There, there, there we go. Okay, got it. <laughs> I like how in these movies nothing's perfect. Like people fuck up. Like they do tiny little fuck yeah. ups, mostly most prevalently in Iron Man, but it's in it's in the other movies too. I think it's it's one of the things that shows like this technology is completely like yeah. beyond what they understand. Like in the beginning with Howard Stark's flying car that immediately breaks. Yeah, obviously funny. the laser stuff there. Oh, um, you just reminded me. Jenna Louise Coleman is in this for like a second as well. Like I said, so many major actors who I guess maybe weren't as major back then, but like. So many major actors who are just like, wait, huh? They're in it? Oh, they're gone now. Okay, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like that. It's pretty funny. Um, I have it in yeah, my there's, notes a, there's just a lot of... <laughs> sure. But yeah, there's a lot of that in it. And um, I think it's really interesting um, how... Because even though this technology exists, they don't know, like... You know, they, they don't really know what they're doing with it because it's some new... Hmm. Um, which I think is very interesting. Like when, when they're when he's uh, when Howard Stark's also researching the stuff that uh, uh, Steve Rogers brought back, and he's just like, oh, and he puts a current through and it explodes, and he's just like, write it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Like it's it's so obvious. Like this technology is so beyond them, but yeah. it, it's like um, it's like if you literally like went back to like the stone age or something and gave someone a gun it's like that kind yeah. of thing yeah yeah exactly. it's very interesting the whole film kind of plays around this like because because obviously red Skull's whole thing is he wants he wants to walk in the footsteps of gods kind of deal you know mm. but he's messing with shit he doesn't understand as a result yeah. um but he's like well i will understand because it's it's you know it's it's pretty much like my destiny and all this yeah. when everyone else is like careful <laughs> <laughs> easy to have it um Let's talk about Sprawny Chris Evans. Um, I told you I did some research, mm. and this was my last minute research that I did, because my initial notes were, how did they make Chris Evans Sprawny? His voice does not yeah, match his Yeah, because I believe it is... Yeah, because it is super... I believe it is, like, superimposed. It's not it? superimposed. It's... They went frame by frame, and as far as I can tell, photoshopped it. Well, not photoshopped, but using their technology, oh, they no went frame way. by frame and sprawnified him. Uh, hang on, I've got a quote here. Oh my god. Uh, for Captain America, Lola, which I'm guessing is the name of a company, uh, worked on over 300 mm. shots, which were primarily the body transformation of Chris Evans, but also some work on nose replacement of Red Skull, 80 shots. Um, everything like here's the kind of fucked up thing yeah. about it, though. The reason that technology is, exists is because there have been movies where the actors have put on a bit of weight, and so they've been employed Aww. to come in and trim them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so shitty. Uh, so oh, yeah, not to put a yeah. downer on it, but that's why that technology exists. Um, but I thought it was so interesting. I kind of assumed that they just well, superimposed. I mean, well, you say it's shitty, but it could also be a case of instead of making them work to keep a certain look, they can yeah, just work true. around it so they have a little bit more freedom. It but could just be a case of that. That's true, like, but it this does is also perpetuate looked. the narrative. If you cannot maintain that, we'll just work it in post. True, but it does also perpetuate the narrative of... Like it or not, this is what the ideal body yeah, looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, sure. And you should feel bad yeah. if you don't look like this. You know, there's that major problem our society yeah. has. It, I, I honestly think it just depends on how you view it. I, I mm. 
uh, yeah, it, it honestly just depends. I think. It, I it, mean, it can be done unethically, but also if it helps the actors not have to live an unhealthy lifestyle. I think they just shouldn't have to have that expectation of looking that, like, you know, amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that shredded all yeah. the time. Like, because that shit's like. I mean, people like Henry Cavill make it look easy, but fucking, it oh, takes you know it so much work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, just using Henry Cavill as an example as well. Um, the the for anyone who's watched The Witcher, uh, on Netflix, um, bathtub scene. Witcher. Um, apparently he dehydrated himself for two days yeah. to look that good, which is severely unhealthy. Yeah, <laughs> I think you shouldn't be encouraging actors to do that. To be honest, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I imagine part of it was because he wanted it to look as yeah, yeah, as yeah. Possible. I'm sure he wanted you know, that as well. But have being you don't look that like huge and not know obviously what certain things will do to make you look better. You know, yeah. that's something you probably have first-hand knowledge of. Yeah, but either but way, <laughs> again, it's still, it's still, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a whole, it's a whole debate in it. But I sent you that sure. image of that shot where Chris Evans is sat next to. Um, or Captain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's not even Captain America. Fucking, what's the name I'm fucking searching for? Because um, <laughs> uh, Captain America's alternate identity, uh, Steve Rogers. Where Steve Rogers is sat next to Peggy Carter. It's been like three times. I don't. Oh, I didn't. Oh, that didn't come through for me. I didn't hear that. That's weird. I said um, Steve Rogers. A few, no, I didn't say it then. I meant I've said, I've said it oh, for okay. this whole thing. Okay. I've said but it yeah, yeah. times. I just have shit short-term <laughs> memory because obviously I know who Steve Rogers no, is. Okay. But um, Steve Rogers is sat next to Peggy Carter, and he doesn't look. <laughs> like real like most of the time yeah that i think that's the only scene it looks a bit bad off. yeah Ever i said that to you on discord i was like uh nobody looks that like i think it's because it's a stationary it's a stationary like thing that's close up because it's it's an area that, i think the issue is it's an area that's a focus every other shot is him in a in a in a place i think also, this is almost like in a confined space i think also because he's so, so directly next to her like you can compare yeah, the two for sure it's like it's, just his entire body it's shot by shot <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. it's a side by side shot yeah. It's literally because it's a side-by-side shot, so there's yeah. a more contract when you've got the comparison there whether where before it was a um, it was a I can't remember what the name of the shots called, but like with Bucky for example, it was a it was a switching camera angle from like from behind Bucky and then behind Steve. So yeah. obviously when the, when Steve's talking, it's behind Bucky and so on. I can't remember what that camera angle's called, but it's like the back and forth conversation. I will call it a conversation camera, shall we? Where it's like the back and forth, which is I think it's very good. Um, but it, it kind of alleviates that because one isn't so much in focus yeah. when the other one's talking. So, um, but I th- I honestly think that's just the issue. It's because there, it was too people in on in full focus in a very confined space so you can much easier see the issues i mm. think but yeah yeah also in, in, in terms of that though, i think aside from that i think it looked fine i was gonna say as well Believable. um this is a different point entirely but i was gonna say this this movie is extremely patriotic but not in a not in a way that i find gross so for instance Mm. Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare I played about a year ago the campaign for it I've never played it before and that is a gross patriotic game yeah as they're shooting like you know it's one of those things it's one of those things it very much glorifies war yeah Um, and this which obviously war is bad by the way if you didn't know yeah thanks for that PSA I wasn't aware (laughs) but um, (laughs) but I was going to say I think one of the reasons why Captain America isn't so 
grossly patriotic. Like, you could probably still pick out problems with it if you were looking for them, but um, it's not, like, grossly patriotic in a way that they don't vilify an entire nation because the very guy who feeds uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris Evans, Steve Rogers, the super serum, is German. <laughs> he says people often forget mm-hmm. that yep. the first country that the Nazis yep. invaded was Germany. And I think, I don't know and if that, that was in the original fantastic. comics, but I think that was a very important thing to put on put in a movie like this. Um, it was something established early on, which set the tone for the movie very well. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a case of the 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 Germans are bad. It was this one character is bad, and yeah. everyone working with him is bad. And, even and when... I think that's that's escalated as well because of how like cartoonishly villainous he is at times as well. Yeah, like it's a, it's a very exaggerated evil to a point. Yeah. Oh yeah, Red Skull. I mean, doesn't he basically just want? the entire world that's basically what he says uh, yeah his assistant world says. domination it's very yeah it's a very uh, it's a very like domination. it's a very cartoon sort of overblown uh thing for villains which is good and um, um that kind of sets it very well but i think it's also important to defining the character of steve rogers that he's not in this very black and white kill all the germans kind of a narrative like one of the first things yeah. we hear from him when he's signing up mm. is so you want to kill Nazis? And you would assume the correct answer would be yes, but the correct answer was actually the one which he gave, which was, I don't want to kill anyone. I want to just... Mm. I forget what the second half of that was, shit. But basically... Um, he says, I don't want to kill anyone. I don't like bullies. That's the one, yes. And I think that's very important, because he's not saying, I want to kill... I mean, first of all, I'm not saying that... <laughs> I'm not getting into the whole discussion of whether you should punch a Nazi or not. Yes, punch a Nazi. But also... Um, <laughs> I think it's important it, to the character of Steve Rogers that he's more he's more upset about the nature of the person than the affiliation of the person, if you know what I mean. Yes. But I guess the Nazis are kind of an extreme example. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, so, I liked when he was too short for the soldier reflection. That was a very quick and simple way of showing that he doesn't yeah. quite size up for the job. That's a nice little shot there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I saw Winter Soldier, I didn't, and obviously you haven't seen Winter Soldier yet, but obviously Bucky's a prominent character in that. For some reason, I didn't connect the Bucky of that movie to the Bucky of this movie. I think I didn't care as much about Marvel movies at that time, and I didn't, I hadn't drawn the dots. Or maybe I hadn't even seen the first movie before the second, I don't even remember anymore. But mm. now that I've obviously seen the rest of Phase 1, 2, and 3, um, it's been really fun to just kind of like keep an eye on Bucky in this movie and be like this is standard yeah. Bucky before all of the shit he goes through um, yeah yeah he's just he's just a soldier was. that's all yeah. he is like yeah he's not a super complex he's character really, but <laughs> he's a standard soldier who's doing his part like he's an able-bodied man fighting in the war yeah that's that's literally his, that's all he is you yeah. know yeah he's um, quite the only the only thing that makes him unique is he's close friends with Steve Rogers or mm-hmm the very main reason he becomes a thing later on because he's friends with Captain America. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably also one of the reasons why Steve Rogers is friends with him as well. Just, he's mm. just a decent bloke. Exactly. <laughs> There's not too much to him. Because um, it's, it, it, it's one of those things as well where a lot of the relationships he has with people um, are based on who he cliche? is rather oh, than yeah, how he yeah. looks. Because, yeah. I mean, the whole thing, obviously, Peggy... Peggy, obviously, there is an interest there, like, even before, before he even becomes buff, she, like, yeah. touches his peck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently, she does have um, a that, that part where she quickly t- touches his peck, apparently that was just 
impromptu. Apparently she just did it. <laughs> which is amazing. Um, but yeah, and obviously with Bucky as well, that whole relationship and how the interaction isn't different mm. from when he's obviously, when obviously he gets the serum to before. Like it's literally the exact same. The only thing that's different is obviously uh, Steve's sort of demeanor is slightly different. Yeah. But his ideals are still there. And that's what I think is um, really interesting when when he does get the well, obviously when he does get the true serum as well is true serum the super serum sorry um, is um, yeah he doesn't need true serum he's always truthful he he's truthful um, when I can't remember his name but obviously the doctor says promise me that you'll keep your ideals yes. your your body will change but I want your mind to stay the same yeah um because that's why he picked him because his frame of mind is very different to everyone and he believes that the war needs good men to you know set things right rather than more people to kill people yeah damn straight very interesting and a very good point yeah I like that it's it's, uh I gotta say though we don't see much of I guess there wasn't time for it, and I guess it's not ultimately important, but you don't see why Steve... I guess I guess you do see why Steve is so genuine, because he's been bullied his whole life, he knows what it's like to be bullied. And well, obviously... that's that's what, um, that's what uh, the doctor says as well. I think it's that same conversation he has with him. It's literally like, someone who's been weak all their life understands, um, you know, the finer yeah. things, empathy and all this stuff. Yeah, but true. someone who's born strong doesn't get that. Yeah, and he's like, thanks, I think. <laughs> and then he's like, just promise me you'll stay the same way even when you're strong. And when he dies, he points to his heart and, yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, no, don't Good worry. Good man. Yeah. Like, the last thing he has to know before he died is, did the transformation change you at all? And, you know, Steve lets him know that, mm. you know, like, yeah, through yeah. that, through that. It, it, it's, it's basically, because he said, because it's the same motion he does when um, not a good soldier, a good man. Mm. And it's the same motion of when he says because he, he punctuates it with uh, whenever he says, he says "good man" and punctuates it with a point. Yeah. Um, and it's the same; it's the exact same point. And so he's like, "Well, I know what I got to do now." And then he <laughs> runs and runs into a store by accident. I've just um, remembered. Did you notice um, it? It zooms in on his book where he kept all of his notes on the research. It zooms in on his book mm. being left behind in a room that then explodes. They really wanted to get across to the audience that if you're wondering why they didn't make 12 more Captain Americas between now and Iron Man, it's because the research got destroyed. And then obviously in the later scene, we see that he drops the final vial of it as well and it just trickles away into the drain or something. Um, yeah. yeah, it smashes, yeah. Yeah, and you could say it's still slightly improbable that in 70 years no one else came up with a similar formula. But, I mean, that's kind of... Mm. If I remember right, that's kind of where some of the... Um, villain stories and stuff come from like they tried to replicate the super soldier serum I think that might even be something to do with the Hulk in this cinematic universe but I might be wrong again we didn't watch the Hulk but um, uh, I know that's gamma rays and that's slightly so. different but oh no no they the try thing. they try and replicate the Hulk stuff by taking his blood yeah because um, he said because in that film uh, he sends it to a researcher dude who's researching it and then he basically Du- duplicates it um he yeah he basically makes like he like synthesizes it somehow yeah. so he has like loads of it and then when he sees it he's like oh shit you need to get rid of this this is bad and then obviously the i can't remember what he's called but the guy that gets kicked in this to the tree um he <laughs> obviously guy. goes there and he's like put this shit in me 
Um, and then that's when he like hulks out as well. Mm. Gotcha. I can't, what, I can't remember what that villain's called though. When he's like full Hulk out, orange man with the spine. I don't know. He's um, like getting off orange. He's got a big spine. <laughs> Still love that scene, by the way. When he's like, when he walks up to him, he's like, ah, and he's like talking shit, and he just kicks him, and he hits a tree, and he dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like my favorite thing. After Steve Rogers got transformed, uh, the first thing I wrote down are, those are America's abs. <laughs> those are indeed America's abs. <laughs> and then we're just crowding around him going, ooh. Well, yeah, because he was so small and now he's big. I know. I just like to think that instead, of, small instead of marveling the scientific uh, endeavor that just happened, they're instead just going, oh, it's damn, It's so, like, it's so American. It's very, like... Mm. We it's very much like that time. I think it's just like this weapon. Ooh. <laughs> Although the second the scientist dies, they're just kind of like, okay, that's cool. That's not going to win the water. And then they just kind of like brush him aside. It's like, oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but, well, they're basically like, we don't know what well, we basically. They're basically just like, we don't know what to do with you because the guy that knew what to do with you is dead. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, with all the research as well. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just because the research is dead. His whole point was to get Steve to where he was, not to then point him in the right direction after that. That's, that's you know, you give that to the army and you give him the ability it. to do things, which is yeah. why he ended up doing it anyway. But, obviously, the thing was, obviously, he was just, you know, he was just I guess, a soldier still, technically. Yeah, so I he, guess the whole point is that the people he was trying to convince saw that it was a success and saw what Steve became, but it was still like, yeah, but one, you know... The serum's gone now, and one soldier can't win a war. And they underestimate him because obviously he doesn't win the war, but he still like saves the world. And like, yes. it shows that Steve Rogers, one of his main powers is his strength of character. And yes. For some reason, I just got a flashback yeah. to the Halo well, Infinite trailer where they said they they can build the suit, but they can't build hope for the guy within it. But <laughs> that's a completely different yeah, yeah. topic. Um, I also wanted to quickly point out that Peggy Carter's a goddamn dead eye because she shot that that guy in the car. Um, yeah. from so fucking far away. I, mean, I was like, she's, oh damn. She's, she's an agent as well. She, she's she's got Agent Carter like a lot, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. like And she's got a whole series that I haven't seen, um, but I might watch it at some point. Mm. But yeah, yeah, she's she she she's straight up badass. She kicks ass. I very much like her. She does. Um, she also, kicks ass and takes names. In that same chase scene where the where the guy takes a hostage and the kid and then throws him in the water, and then Steve Rogers is all ready to dive in after him, and he says. Go kill him! Oh, I can swim, and I just put add a boy. <laughs> that's that um, that's that like World War Two yeah, spirit, though, isn't it? Of everyone has to do their part. <laughs> and the kid took yeah, that to heart and was like, "Go kill him!" <laughs> yeah, they're very good at that. Yeah. Sure. And it was it was around that time. Oh, it's around this time as well. After um, Steve decides to go do a whole bunch of propaganda. Uh, and they were doing the Star Spangled Man with a plan song. I just put, God, this film is so fucking patriotic. <laughs> it's so, it's it's. Was every, every bond you buy is a bullet in the a bullet in the barrel of your best guy's gun. Still not as good as Give Me a Fat Beat to beat my buddy's ass to, but oh yeah, but it, it's it's, it's, it's decent, decent, but yeah, he's he's up there. We need yeah. one from every film, please. But I like that he had his notes on the inside of his shield to read because it showed that like. His heart wasn't in it. He was literally yeah. reading notes on stage. He he wasn't memorizing that shit. Um, and mm. obviously, you see over time he gets depressed in that role because he's just he's not doing what he really wanted to do. Especially when he gets to to the place where the real soldiers are doing what really matters, and they quite rightfully. 
boo him off stage. That, that it's 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 so perfect and perfectly described exactly what propaganda is. Yeah. Because propaganda is for the people that aren't at war. Propaganda is yeah. for the people that aren't already there. Yeah. You I mean, one of the soldiers says it in the crowd. He's like, yeah. "I already volunteered. Yeah. That's why I'm here." And it's like, it is so blatant, like a contrast in that you you may be this very like astute figure to a degree, but that's you know that's for civilians. You know, that's for people that like you're trying to get you know you're trying to get money out of to help war effort and once you go to the people that are already like fucking neck deep in that shit they're not gonna care <laughs> yeah. very true um is so throughout all of this the romance between him and peggy carter is budding and like we said it's a very genuine romance but i also said it was cliche earlier and the cliche part that really annoyed me was when Natalie Dormer snogs him and it's the whole it's not what it looks like moment I fucking hate those moments oh, yeah. because it puts you the audience in the annoying perfect uh, what's the word not pathetic the annoying um dramatic irony of you know that that's not what Steve he didn't initiate that and like they to be fair they didn't really show him trying to pull away but <laughs> I mean um yeah, but when Peggy Carter rightfully lost faith in him after that, because she just saw him snogging someone, she was like, "Oh, you're just like every other soldier." Like she lost some respect for him and all this kind of stuff. It annoys I you. I mean, that, I mean, yeah. It's just annoying because sure. it feels like, it, oh, the romance is going too far. They need to they need to delay it so that it can have a bigger build up towards the end mm. of the movie. It just felt annoying. I hate that shit. Yeah, I, I honestly think they just did that so they'd have an excuse for Peggy to shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty good scene. Like, bang, bang, bang! It works. <laughs> yeah, it's just like let's test it. <laughs> it's like cheese. Yeah. Um, but, but like it gets rectified pretty quickly after yeah, that does. because there's that like film, and then he's got obviously got her picture in his little compass, and he's yeah. like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like trying to run away. I put she's his true north. <laughs> Aww. how sweet. Um, um, going back to the uh, part where he's obviously uh, where Peggy, um. Because this is because we've skipped ahead a little bit here, um, so I'm just gonna sure. take it back to because this is before he just before he goes off to say fox soldiers. Um, something that I found really interesting is and something that like plays out through like sort of major points of the film. It's almost like uh, the it's very much like. I think the word is pathetic fallacy, where it's like the the, the weather and the environment rea yeah, is, rea is yeah, yeah. almost reacting to how someone is feeling. Yeah. So when Steve's in that little canopy, obviously it's pouring down with rain, um, and he's obviously very upset. Obviously finds out about Bucky, still very upset. The moment he work, he's like, "Oh, I know where I need to be." He leaves. There's no more rain, and it's starting to clear outside. The idea being like his mind is clear. He knows what he needs to do, and then goes and does it. That's true. Which is very interesting. I would also file that under the cliche area though of this film. I hate for to... sure, for sure. <laughs> it's. I remember I had an English teacher. I like. Once told I like me that the pathetic I... fallacy. I, I, I just like the idea. Yeah, an English teacher once told me that pathetic fallacy is is overdone, but it's it can be done really well, but just don't make it obvious. And I think this was really obvious, but at the same time. Oh yeah, for sure. At the same time, it was the same. Effective. The same with the bombed up bar as well. Well, the same with bombed up bar when he's when he's just sat in when the, yeah. the bomb, like obviously been bombed and uh, he's just sat in there by himself and the whole like everything around him is just blown up. I thought up. that was I and thought that was like, a more effective use. Of I'm sad because my friend died and it's like yeah <laughs> okay. It but was, I, I just like 
I see it as more of an idea in that because it's almost like the idea that everything has been amplified to the point where, like, because he's been amplified, so almost to the point where his emotional thing is affecting the environment around him because he's been so superfied. Uh, I um, guess I think that would work more for think... Thor than Captain America, though, because we know his powers don't have anything to do with the weather. Whereas Thor, that happened a few times in the Thor movie, too, where when he got. Mm. I just mean generally the environment as well. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. Like in Thor, that moment where he, where he storms the, um, the base where Mjolnir is, and it gets more thunderous as he gets yeah. closer. That's very much it. Yeah. yeah. And then Rain's Although here, I guess that's not yeah. so much pathetic fallacy as just like, oh, something's gonna happen! And. <laughs> Well, that's just um, expectation subversion, and then using the yeah. as uh, obviously a, a subtle reminder of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I Either thought way. I thought it was interesting how after Captain America gets a spot in the army, uh, by actually doing shit like he wants to, they quickly do a montage of his adventures. And I don't know if there are any direct comic book references in there, but you get the idea that maybe a couple years pass. Like I think it starts in nineteen forty-three, so maybe there's like some months that pass where he's. Because I think later on they want to be able to say that he had some war stories to tell, um, so you want you want the impression that Captain America fought in World War Two, not just he was there for one thing, <laughs> you know, like yeah, he did sure, propaganda yeah, yeah. and then he did one battle. So I think it was good that they did that little. Um, he got a squad and they did missions and that kind of thing happened. Mm-hmm. Because it also it leaves it leaves a door open for future stuff if you want to go back and do some memories. And it kind of like it doesn't go too deep into the like the actual war fighting stuff, which I think because yeah. that's not really the point of the movie, just because it's the setting and obviously the obviously the the motivation for certain things happening, mm. not necessarily what the movie's about. So to have it as more like a montage style thing, I think is very good um, because of, I, I think before we watched it, you mentioned about obviously because it's a very wartimey kind of film, it's probably why you weren't initially interested. Mm. Um, but I think they do it in a way which is definitely it doesn't it doesn't glorify war in any way and it doesn't spend too long on those scenes where it's like fighting is happening yeah because a lot of war is just a lot of back and forth whereas yeah. it, was, it was just a case of we're gonna show off the prowess of Captain America by him just defeating all these things like <laughs> yeah. one after another and then how angry Red Skull is ah he's so angry <laughs> you're failing why are you failing I think he shouts um something like that. Yeah, I think I was worried it was just going to be a flat-out wartime movie, but it's not. It's, um, you know, it's wartime superhero movie. Stretch. It's still a superhero movie. Um, mm-hmm. And they do that pretty well. Uh, before Bucky gets trucked out of the train, bye-bye, Bucky, uh, we see him holding Captain America's shield. I don't know if that's meant to be a direct reference to the fact that he is the new Captain America at some point in the comics, uh, which is a thing mm. that happens. But... Yeah, um, probably. I, I think it was probably a nod. I mean, it obviously it made sense in the action scene, but it was probably a nod mm-hmm. to the way they choreographed that, which was cool. There's there's a lot of stuff like that as well, and something that's very interesting is it. it so I, I I love that he always rather than picks up something to attack, he always picks up something to defend. Himself. Yeah, the big so lady. First at the very time start when he, <laughs> first time he's building up, uh, he's been beaten up in the in the alleyway, and he holds up that. The, the trash cat. When that happened, trash I went, lid, okay. But then he does it with the door again, yeah. so it's like, he's obviously, he's it's never looking for something to He's always looking for something yeah. to protect. By the way, you just reminded me, I was going to bring this up at the start. Um, I'm in the middle of watching Amazon's The Boys, and it is very, <laughs> it's 
it is quite a transition to go from watching the Homelander doing the stuff that he does in that series to then going to watch Captain America, who is partially based off actually be the genuine dude that he is. <laughs> that is a for those of you who don't know, The Boys is a show about what if superheroes existed in the real world and they were all just assholes. Um, I didn't mean to make that sound American as I said it, but uh, they were they were all just horrible, horrible people. And society treated them like they were really cool people, like the way that they're treated in Marvel. Um, it's it's a good series. I'm like halfway through it, but it's very disturbing in places, and it's supposed to be. But that's we're not oh, doing a whole thing on the boys. We're doing a thing on Captain America. Yeah, we're not. Um, <laughs> uh, I was gonna say a point. What have we forgotten? Uh, uh, what was I saying before about uh, all the shield stuff? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I just find something that's interesting is. Um, that it's always it's always something to defend rather than attack, which is yes. which perfectly fits why he ends up with the shield, yeah, um, and why he always sticks with the shield. And then obviously they're all like, "Oh, you're very fond of that shield. Let's get you a new one." And then he like it, it, something is interesting as well is when they go over the shields, they're all they've all got some sort of destructive capability yeah, to them. And he goes, so one's got straight. spikes on it." Yeah, and he just goes one for the circle. He yeah, goes the he goes straight field. for the simplest one that doesn't have that apparently doesn't have any yeah. offensive quality to it. They don't really um, explain the boomeranginess of it, which is a thing. But actually, what well, what well, this film actually I think compared to all the other ones <laughs> is very good with that stuff because he whenever he throws it in like a weird way, he sizes it up first, throws True. it, and then there's points where he's waiting for it to come back, and you're like jump like he's like in the wrong position so he'll like jump for it or something yeah i think they did it very well in this one it gets a bit wonky later on <laughs> in the later film but in this was... one i think they really tried to make it look like it would genuinely bounce around properly it's funny because they genuinely was... tried which i think was very good most of the time he just runs around for shoot occasionally he has a gun but you don't see him fire it very often um there was a whole fight where he had a pistol and he didn't shoot it once but towards the end of a the movie there is a fight where he, he uses his gun but um, he loses that gun some point during the fight, and for most of the fight, he just has a shield. And then, at some point, he loses his shield. It gets knocked away from him. It goes sliding way across the room, and I think it's a tank or something that's firing at him, and he's pinned down. And I had this moment of, oh god, he's unarmed. And then I realised, wait, he's always unarmed. <laughs> he's still a fucking superhero. <laughs> yeah. He's a super soldier, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, where are we at? All right, I've already mentioned that. Um. Oh yeah, so when Red Skull is giving his speech in the in the air hangar, you remember, um, yeah. there's like eight guys stood in front of him. I actually have a funny point about this one, but we I might like have the know. same point. Um, he gives a speech to eight guys in front of him, very impassioned, and then he turns around and finishes yeah. his speech to the fucking army stood behind him. Why aren't you addressing those guys primarily? Like, what? <laughs> that was such a weird way of doing that. that. One of the things that I've, one of those eight guys when he does the hail high. Looks like he's just sticking his arms right up, so he's just going, "Yay!" <laughs> I love Hydra. It made me laugh. <laughs> the but all of them were doing obviously at like the the angle. He just had them straight up. And I was like, <laughs> "That guy is happy to be there." <laughs> You've got to admit though, the Hell Hydra salute is dumb. Like, I think they want it to be reminiscent of the Hitler salute, but um, like twice as strong almost. Twice as strong double. and with fists and stuff, but it. That's something I love that, it's so that they set up as well is he's even worse than the Nazis. Wow, he's worse than Hitler. Wow, he wants to kill everyone, not just Jews. Wow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, there is a scene where it's like that weird escalation of like. Was it around that time during the during the where they were storming the warehouse to save Bucky? He gets in his ship, and what was it? His assistant dude, uh, who by the way is also a really good actor. Uh, he was Not like. Not a scratch, doctor. Not a scratch. <laughs> he was like. I don't remember the exact words, but he was like, what, there's only one seat? What am I supposed to do? And he's like, get in the car downstairs or something. It reminds me of yeah. the Simpsons episode where where the nuclear power plant is about to do a meltdown and and um, Mr. Burns um, runs to his, basically his escape ship. And Smith is just like, but sir, there's only one seat. There's no room for me. He's like, oh, that's a shame. And he blasts off without him. <laughs> that guy is basically Smith. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. kind of reinforces the cartooniness of it as well, I think. For sure. Not a scratch, doctor. <laughs> I, just love that. I just love that part where he just pads hands in the keys. Doesn't say anything but that, it's great. Oh yeah, that's the technology says, is isn't it? weird. Yeah. Like the fucking like flame spinning things. Like they're jet engines, but they're yeah. like well they're like rocket engines, but they're like they do a spinny thing. It's like what? Because <laughs> yeah. it's on like everything that flies as well. It's on like the fucking stealth bomber as well at the end. Yeah, it's it is. Like, it? Does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is before they invented. No, but they did. They had Spitfires and shit. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, they didn't have like proper jets and he stuff. Just, I guess they just wanted to have Rocket. him to have some wacky supervillain stuff. That reminds me, there were some gadgets in this movie. It was nice to see some kind of yeah. like old wartime spy movie style of gadgets in use. Oh yeah, I was gonna those. say that. It's like a. It's like a. It's so good. Sorry, you cut off there, friend. It's like a what? Sorry. It's like a war spy movie. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It reminded me of like Alex Ryder, the books I used to read as a kid, where he had all these gadgets oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, it's very like secret agent stuff, like like with Cap's fucking <laughs> go go gadget motorbike <laughs> with like the yeah. fucking twenty buttons on it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I put Go Go Gadget Bike for that. <laughs> I like how we got to that point in the scene. Yeah. Time. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I said when Steve gets himself captured on purpose, that's another cliche. Um, I oh, think yeah. this might fucking be. A, fucking Americans is basically what he says, and it's like. Mm. <laughs> Actually. I think that might be this movie's only prevailing flaw, is that it's slightly cliche, but I forgive cliches typically. Speaking, Not necessarily so. a bad thing. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's set in a in an era as well where cliche stuff probably obviously isn't as yeah it's not cliche know, back then is it um, exactly so but, they're allowed to get away well with it. it's, all it's good. funny you say that because you just remembered you remembered me you reminded me and that that's gonna be mm. funny because the next part of my sentence was when I was at uni doing creative writing when you remembered mm. me about that um, we were we were suggested hey you should probably set up a blog for your writing stuff it'll be like you know you'll learn blog writing which is a thing and um, I was like, yeah, sure. And I was one of the only people who actually bothered to do that. And we just had a lesson all about cliches, or a lecture all about cliches and why they're bad and stuff. And then at the end of it, um, my lecturer was like, um, I understand a couple of you have done blogs. Um, do you want me to, do you want us to look at them? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I said, go to christianrichmond.blogspot.com. That's a, not blogspot, sorry. christianrichmond.wordpress.com. That's a quick little plug, because uh, I still use it these days. Hey. And the first blog post I ever wrote was called In Defense of Clichés. <laughs> and my lecturer <laughs> took one look at it and went, oh dear. 
<laughs> so yeah, I, I oh that's awkward. <laughs> and I was like, oh, forgot about that. Um, but no, I, I put up an argument. I think it's probably my first blog post I ever did. I put up an argument about why cliches aren't always a bad thing, and I, all ideas are new at some point. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it, like you said, this is harkening back to the time when gadgets weren't. Like, obviously, now, when the time the movie came out, that was a little... I guess gadgets weren't cliche, but all this kind of stuff about getting yourself captured and, you know, it's not what it looked like, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Might have been cliche by the time the movie came out, but if we're talking about fiction and narrative stuff around the time that this is set, mm. not so much, which is yeah. maybe a stretch, but we've always got to have one thing which might be a stretch on our podcast. We've always got to have at least one yes. point where I, I clarify that it's probably a stretch and I'm doing that. No, I, th- I think I think it's fine to. I honestly think like if you if you immerse yourself in the time, the time setting and everything, a lot of it it like naturally flows together a lot better, um, and it doesn't feel cliche because in that in in the in the context of the movie, it doesn't feel it at all. Honestly, yeah. um, I think everything is very much earned and it makes sense in the context of the movie and isn't there specifically for the cliches. I mean, like you say, like cliches can be done well. Or cliches can be good if they're done well. Um, and if it's not like, I guess, if it's subtle enough as well, like if it's not blatantly obvious, um, and obviously works within the narrative as well. I mean, the, the, this isn't what it lo- looks like stuff. Very much plays into the character. Mm. Uh, I feel because in that scene, he's very like awkward and being like, she's like, oh, you did all this stuff. Uh, it was all right, and she's like, no, 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 you did some amazing <laughs> stuff, and he was like, oh, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like he's clearly like very awkward in that situation, yeah. Um, which plays more into his character, which is why I think the the quote unquote cliche is fine um, in that context. He's an awkward boy. Um, mm. What? There's still think? plenty of good stuff in there that's like new as well. Like the yeah. whole, just the idea of Peggy having the sway that she does in that film is amazing. Yeah. Um, because this is a time when women were like the lesser of the two. Well, Obviously, there's more. There would have been more than two genders. But, but the perceived two genders. Yeah. At the time, perceived two genders. Yeah, that's and, the word. Um, well, thank you. No um, and they and do, I think it's very interesting. They don't shy away from it either. I think one of the first things that um, happens when Peggy Carter's introduced is she's in a training camp, and one of the guys is like, he's making basically fun of her for being a woman, so she her. beats the shit yeah. out of him. <laughs> she beats the shit out of him, and then the and then the uh, the I don't know what rank he is, Corporal? but he's just like, oh, nice, you're beating him in, good. <laughs> yeah. Is he a corporal? Is he? I I want to say he's a corporal. I he strikes me. As I know. I just love that. I just I just love that actor. He's great. Yeah, he's, yeah like I said, so many great actors in this. I, I think one of my favorite favorite lines of his that he says is he has he has quite a few good lines, but one of my favorite lines of his he says is like, "If you've got something to say, keep it yourself." <laughs> like points at her. <laughs> yeah. And also like like that's why I love. Sorry, he admits he's wrong as well. When Captain America returns with all of those soldiers he freed, he walks past her and he just says, Hope, huh? Like, kind of like a, oh, I guess I'll kind of embrace that idea then, considering I was so clearly yeah. fucking wrong. Yeah, so, yeah. But, like, it, it, his whole character is good as well because he. It, one of the things I like about him is he doesn't treat her differently yeah. at all. He treats yeah. her like he treats everyone else yeah. as a soldier. She is there to obviously help in that war effort, and it doesn't matter that she's a woman. She is just treated as if she is there. In the war effort, that's all she's there for. Him. Like whether she's a woman or not, which yeah. I think is great. When she kisses um, Steve Rogers on the way up, up yeah, to yeah. the final ship, and then he just looks at me and goes, "I'm not kissing you." <laughs> that was a great yeah. Yeah. He's great. Uh, um, 
how did you I remember you that feel? scene happening a lot earlier for some reason like during the montage of like yeah, showing a bunch they, of shit they made I remember that happening then and I don't know why <laughs> they made him work for it which I think is good um, mm, yeah, like sure. I've noticed in these movies they're not afraid to be clear that there is an attraction between these two characters but mm. they're not going to cheapen uh, either one of those characters by forcing things along too fast which sometimes happens in oh, movies yeah, sure. Uh, and that allows you to respect these characters, I guess. Uh, but also, how did you feel about the final fight of the movie? When they're in the plane. The final fight? Yeah. Uh, they um, definitely they definitely tried to do some cool things with it. Um, I think the issue with this movie is there's a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have any conceivable, like, good final fight... Because it's, it's just the opposite dudes hitting each other. <laughs> exactly, yeah. it's two dudes punching each other. Like, it's... So like action movie wartime yeah, it was... done. It's not really a superhero fight. The only thing that makes a superhero is they're both super. But yeah. it's the saying, if everyone's super, no one is. So if it's just a normal super, fight. No one is. Yeah, sorry, incredible. Mm. We need to do that one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sure, I thought it was sure. okay. It served its purpose. Um, the main thing yeah. I put down about it is how it ended. I didn't realize that mm. Reskol literally just gets fucking zapped off into space, and that directly yeah. ties into when we next see him. Um, yeah, that's sure. really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And, and Steve's just like, uh, <laughs> I, I, what I love about it as well is Steve, Steve's priorities at the end of that fight as well. He looks at the Tesseract, like falling through the thing, completely like keeps walking because he knows, like, oh, I need to stop this. That can fucking wait. Yeah. The, the threat is gone. That's whatever. We'll get that. But yeah. I'm concerned about what's happening, about the lives that are probably in danger because of all the nukes he saw obviously walking in like yeah. he knows what the ship's doing so he's obviously his priority to stop it I think that's fantastic and just let, just watching it just go through the ground just like yeah, awesome so, oh that's gone whereas Red Skull would be like no yeah <laughs> what have you done <laughs> do we know what happened to his apprentice or uh, not apprentice his fucking scientist buddy because last time we saw him, he was in prison. Did he just? I guess that was his, the end of his story. He, yeah, his whole thing. Because they, I think they just protected him after that. Because, because um, they, because he obviously made the whole speech to him, being like, "Is that you or him?" Um, so I thought it was. Obviously, he picked, he picked him. I thought it was interesting, kind of maybe unexplored as well. How Red Skull was upset that the scientist dude gave the Americans everything but he had to work for every piece of information from him whereas mm. up until that point he got the impression that Red Skull didn't care about him it came across as jealous um, mm. that like not just that he was a better resource to the Americans but that personally he was more willing to be a better resource to the Americans um, Yeah, I don't know if that's more fully explored in the comics anywhere but it, I just thought that was kind of interesting he was it, he just he treats him so shit and then at the end of it, he's like, why did he hate me? Like, obviously it didn't come across like that at all, but that's kind of how I took yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why was he good to yeah, you and not sure. to me? Like, it's almost like he was yeah. upset that his, his his pet dog had chosen a different owner. <laughs> it was but that's something that's, that's something that's interesting, because you know it's going to happen from the get-go anyway, because of his reluctance for the entire yeah, movie. Yeah, when he's, he's like, whenever Whenever Red Skull would do something, he'd be like, he'd be like in a, in a tizzy as well. Like, like... <laughs> when they're in the thing, he's like, "Oh, we're gonna need more than this." And he's like, "Oh, but the workers, oh, you know, we'll get more." And then that guy comes over to get him to sign something. He's like, "Ah, fuck off!" And then walks off. <laughs> it's like, "All right." <laughs> yeah. 
like the delayed like hail hydra when they shoot all the uh, soldiers that yeah. come to the find out what he's been doing. Hmm. Hail hydra. Very yeah, interesting. Yeah. Oh. I, I just I just I I honestly think I lo I, lo I love Red Skull as a character because he's very yeah. smug. About I was about everything. to say we've he's got a good smug. we've got another good villain. He's not an amazing villain, mm. but he is a good villain, and I'm a, it's a shame we didn't he's see very, him. He's very like two-tone in the, I'm evil because world domination, I am stronger, you know? <laughs> um, but like, he's, he's a very charismatic um, mm. villain, um, and he's very smug about everything. I kind of wish we got to um, see him in a modern Thor film, like, not necessarily for that property, but that kind of a film, like where they overblow mm everything for the sake of comedy he would have been amazing if they just really leaned into the maniacal side of him um that would yeah. have been fun to see because in this one obviously his plans of world domination and he was a little bit insane but he was still he was still grounded in some way if they mm. and i think that's important that he was for this movie it wouldn't have fit the tone otherwise but um if they yeah. went full-on like ratchet and clank dr nefarious style um, which is a reference you don't get, my apologies. But basically, you know what I mean, like, super villain, like, yeah, annihilate yeah. him! I would have loved to see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the whole idea of him was that he was he was striving to be, you know, a god. And yeah. he was using the power of the gods to become a god. Um, and then, obviously, he, he had that moment where he must... I honestly think him picking up the Tesseract, he must have been at, like, a point in his mind where he believed to be that god you know i mean didn't he say he saw visions and of the future or something or am i thinking of something else? something like that so i don't know i i i'd find it i'd be, i'd be interested if they like released something that was like like addictive of like or, or more descriptive of what happened from those events up until obviously when he well uh, between when he gets like zoomed off into space <laughs> yeah like is there like some sort of lead up to with him becoming the herald of the soul maybe Stone? i mean aren't they doing a what if series and some of that like is around that era of time i don't know well what if, if stuff is like what if this i know thing i know but like, it's, it's not so much a what if thing and that'll be anything I don't think they would explore that particular part you were talking about, but it's such a small. Yeah, the issue with it is, it's probably such a small thing that it's yeah. not worth doing. But it would still be interesting if they release something. You could say like, that small. one of the downsides of the MCU is that because it's always leading towards an Avengers level threat, um, um, mm. it kind of it doesn't fail to focus on the superheroes' individual stories, but it it could do a slightly better job like instead of having red skull mm. get whisked off to, to go to his point in infinity war what if we had had some more time with steve rogers in the world war Two era and we'd had more time yeah. to see red skull as a villain like mm. it's interesting i i'm not sure i would trade it for the larger universe but at the same time it is interesting oh yeah think that. for sure um it's yeah because the issue is, it's like they need to, because it's an origin story for a lot of these films, and so mm. it's just, uh, or it's a saying up, like you said, it's a saying up for future thing. Yeah. Like more stuff like Civil War, I think, would be a good way to do it. Like more stuff where it's not necessarily just one, one hero's film. It's like a collection of them doing. So a you'd thing say lean even and, more like, into the Avengers level stuff a bit then. So like yeah, so like have like your separate films and then a combination of some of them doing a thing 
that then combine and then build up into the Avengers film. I think that'd be fantastic, doing stuff like that. Isn't that kind of a DC universe, it, though? That's what they did with, um, like, Batman. Yeah, Superman, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad League. thing. I don't, know, I don't think it's a bad thing, though. Like, I mean, I obviously, think... Justice League stuff works a little bit differently. I think DC's um, movies... I feel like Justice League is very different to uh, Avengers. I think they but... ran before they could walk yeah. over there. I think their issue... And I guess we'll get more into these, this when we do those movies one day. But I think the main issue with the DC Universe movies is that they saw Marvel Cinematic Universe taking off. And they went, we need to get mm-hmm. to that point as soon as possible. And because of that, they did not and flesh out. And they did it out. too quickly. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, think of how long it took them to do it. Ten years. Yeah. It took them ten years to get to Endgame. Yeah. And it fucking destroyed everything. Yeah. Like, it's so good. Um, I wish they'd but, taken their time. I honestly think, like, what DC did wrong was they linked everything too quickly. Yeah. There was no build-up. It was just, oh, they're all in the same universe. It's like, right, okay. It's like, Batman versus Superman should have been a thing later on when yeah. stuff, more stuff was established. Give, ba- give Batfleck his own movie as well, because then people care more about him. Um, Justice League was done conflict. too early, because no yeah. one cared about Aquaman, no one cared about Flash, no one cared about Cyborg. I mean, I cared about Cyborg, because, <laughs> you know, Teen Titans. But, I haven't seen the movie. Like no one cared yet. about these characters because they weren't established in the universe. No one cared. Yeah. And also, so... they need more cohesion of narrative across movies because uh, Wonder Woman if... versus Wonder Woman in Justice League is uh, the Amazonians got a lot skimpier in Justice League, which was kind of an upsetting thing to see because the whole point of Wonder yeah. Woman as a movie, which I believe had a female director, was to be like they're more than just the skimpy fan service part side of DC mm. Comics. Um, but I think we're getting on a very, <laughs> a very tangential point right now. But I yeah, know, but it's... I just want to say I think the whole point is they should have, for Justice League stuff to work, they should have had their own separate movies doing stuff. Yeah. First. Yeah. But ba- Batfleck never had his own Batman movie. Yeah. Which, which is a wasn't interesting. Batman such, Batman's such an easy film to like set up. Yeah. It's been done so many times. And to be fair you just to them, pick a villain because he's got so many good villains. That Batman might, has so many good villains. That might be why they skipped out on the Batman movie because they know it's been done so many times. To be fair, but, but there's so, there's probably so many things that haven't been explored though. Yeah, Bane was expo- Bane was explored in a way that was completely different to the comics. They could have done Bane again and done him in the more comic fueled way. Mm-hmm. But obviously they're going for the dark and edgy, so you know it's got to be dark and edgy. But like Superman, I think was done very well. Man of Steel, very good, very good movie. I liked it. Very, Thank very you. much a spectacle movie Thank for sure. Yes. But I liked it. It's shown and made superhero. Some of the characters made shit. Some <laughs> of the characters stuff was a bit shit. Let's be honest. What's that? Some of the character stuff was a bit shit. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, sure, sure. Why did he have to walk into the tornado and not be saved? Yeah, it makes that no was, sense. That was dumb. You need to die to build your character. Aben, okay. okay. The next movie's version of that. <laughs> Why did you say that name? Why did you say that name? <laughs> With like <laughs> it doesn't make sense there's so much stuff that doesn't make sense yeah. in the universe yeah. whereas i mean we've li- we've literally done four of these and every single film makes sense in that universe yeah every single one and these are films that came out almost 10 years ago like eight eight to ten years ago roughly when did this film come out? like was it 13 or 12 i want to say if... my brain says 2011 forget no it was it was it was 11 ah. it was 11 it was 11 because <laughs> 2012 Avengers. 2012 was Avengers. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
The only reason I remember that is because there was a fucking trailer for it at the end of the movie. I know, right? <laughs> but before we get to that point... We're still like, oh. Before we get to that point, we need to talk about the scene where Captain America... Uh, Steve Rogers wakes up in modern day times. I think that was done pretty ooh, well. Ooh, yeah. Yes. I yes, think we do. Yes, we that's do. one of my favourite scenes I, in all of I actually, It's a good scene. Very good scene. Just like how he knows something is off. Because he is such so, a, he's such a genuine person, and he wakes up in such a false place of, yes. this is not genuine, this is them trying to trick him. It doesn't matter the intentions, you know, they're trying to lie to him. And because he's such a genuine dude, he it like it's it doesn't mix, and yeah. <laughs> so okay. something, so interestingly, like I want to say like a couple months ago, someone, I, I, I read a thing that someone pointed out um, a very big outlier as to why he probably realized so quickly. Mm -hmm. It was because of the woman. And her tie was tied like a man ties their tie back in the 40s. Oh, right. Apparently. Her tie was... Because if you look at her tie, it's very fat compared to everyone else. It's a different type of knot. And not that men use knots for women. Women's knots were a lot sl more slender. Yeah. And so you can see the point where he realizes as well. Because he looks at her. Because there's the initial like, oh, when she enters, he looks at her, blah, blah, blah. And then it pans back to him. He looks at her. There's like almost like a, like a realization for a moment. He looks out the window really quickly again, and then looks at the thing and goes, well, where am I really? Like, he knows, like, in that moment, and it's such a massive transition, you can see it in his face. Yeah, I mean, I've... Chris Evans, fucking amazing actor, obviously, for me being able to pull that off. But, like, the way he does it, you can read it on his face so well, like, there's that, there's that almost that switch being flipped on, and he notices, and he's like, okay, where am I? <laughs> like... I think also they intentionally chose someone who looks like Peggy Carter. Yeah. Um, yeah, and... yeah, yeah. That doesn't sit right with him immediately. Yeah, you, it's a bit uncanny. Like, yeah, it's like okay. Hmm. That's exactly the right hmm. word, uncanny. And um, obviously, he's not going to feel right because he's just slept for seventy years. <laughs> but, for sure, for sure. Yeah, he. The first thing he does is look at the radio, and the whole conceit they give is that he recognizes that game, which I thought was slightly far fetched. But then I'm not a football fan, so I don't know. Um, but. <clears throat> But he, he I mean stuff like that you probably was there. remember like I feel so I just feel like if they put on an old Overwatch League thing I wouldn't recognise it as an old one immediately maybe by the team members but then I'm not hugely invested in Overwatch League so that's not really a good comparison. well over, uh, the, 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 the issue with that is it's a very uh, ba was it a baseball game? Was baseball it, uh... game oh I thought it was football yeah maybe it's baseball I wasn't sure, like, whatever it is, Baseball's obviously, more it's a much more, it's like, baseball. slower thing, it's yeah. set up in a such a way, you know, so it's a lot more deliberate, so everything is a lot more obvious, mm. um, so that, that, that's, that's my thought, anyway. Um, and just that, but how yeah. do you, how do you, I've considered this from a writing perspective before, how do you write a scene where a character from a previous time is interacting with a modern day time and they are so out of their element they see so many things that they do not understand to be fair you're not inside their head when you're watching a movie you're watching them but i think mm -hmm. chris evans acted it brilliantly the whole like he did. they didn't overdo it he didn't break down or anything but he was very much like what the fuck I think is going on and it was a version of like breaking down as well because he just stopped he stopped like when he was in the is it like new york square or something yeah, that area yeah but still the, i think it's i think it's new york or something like that. Yeah, i, I don't know there. but um like he, he stops and he's like he's stopped and then obviously when all the cars come in he doesn't run or fight anymore yeah so he's like i think also what do i do where do i go like 
<laughs> I think it's also because he recognizes that he's in America, even if it does look super different. He recognizes America, yeah. and so he knows that he's that home. Soldier as well, which I think it it goes mm. a long way to making him realize that it's not malicious intent, but he just escaped from. Mm. If you know what I mean, which is what he immediately thought when he realized how false the situation he was in was. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was really good. Also, we forgot to well, talk about it at the time, but we did already touch on how sad that. Uh, that scene was where he's on the phone to Peggy Carter and like, I'm yeah, going to need yeah. a raid check on very that very upsetting theme. <laughs> it's very upsetting like, I, I love th- I love that scene as well because when it when it, cause when it keeps going back to uh, Cap he's obviously just staring straight ahead because he knows it's coming and he's just focusing mm-hmm. he's not he's not looking he's, he's just focused, I think the, the entire point of his face being like, he's just focusing on her voice, Yeah. so he's, he's literally just staring listening. dead ahead, he's yeah. got, you can see it in his face, he's dead face completely and he's just focusing on the voice which I think is and very good I loved the touch of that um, Corporal Sergeant whoever dude, where he immediately realised what was going on and he just motioned to the other guy sat next to him, he's like come on, let's go, like he immediately yeah. knew that there was no point of him staying in the room, because he knew like mm. it was just, it was one of those things where rationally speaking, it's not like there was anything that gave away that Steve Rogers was in a helpless situation, but instinctively in his voice and in how the situation was playing out, he just knew, oh, I need to give Peggy Carter yeah. alone time right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was really well done. Even if he was still mm. like looking in on her to make sure, sure she was okay as well. Yeah, yeah, oh, for, sure, for sure. Good movie. Good movie. Um, One thing I do want to mention as well before... Yeah. Uh, we didn't say anything about Howard Stark. Oh, um, yeah. That's uh, Tony Stark. He is... He's definitely, like... He's not like Tony Stark levels of eccentric, but he's you can definitely see like he gets it from somewhere, you know. There's family like, resemblance. Like, wait, it's yeah, it's it's, it's definitely like runs in the family almost, yeah. like how it is. Because like the way he like rocks up and he's like, "Ooh, look at me, fancy you," and then he obviously kisses that woman, and then he's like carrying on. He's like, "Ah, oh, look at this amazing," like all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know. Also, it shows a change in the times because he kisses one of his dancers who's on the stage. Tony wouldn't do that yep. because that would be such a serious fucking breach of uh, oh yeah, professional sure. and stuff. Like, I thought that was something. It, it, I it very much sets the tone of like the time and everything. It's as very well. much like this is who Tony Stark would be if he existed in 1943. Yes, which sure. I, I thought was cool. And I do like how it's literally like in the same place. The stage yeah. is in the exact same place. They do all the stuff in Iron Man too. Yeah, it's in the exact same place because he mentions, doesn't it? Like this is like the. Does he mention it's a centier one? I think they make some throwback reference to the fact that yeah, it, it's like it's like a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, again, it all ties together very nicely. But overall, Reese, mm-hmm. what did you think of that movie? How many Captain America shields would you give it out of? The I'd team? give it. I'd give it a impossibly impossible trajectory angle bouncing off several things and destroying a Nazi out of five. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> great, now I have to think up one. I would give it... <laughs> I would give it bounces off of three trees and then bonks against two heads and then comes back to Captain America's arm flawlessly. Uh, out of oh, wow. So that's... I'd say that's almost the same score as yours, maybe a tiny bit lower because yours makes a bit more sense. Mm. But... Um, I, <laughs> I forgot we were doing that. I think we forgot to do that for four, didn't we? But hmm. oh well. I'll do it now. Uh, I give um, uh, Chris Hemsworth work routine out of five. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good work routine he has. 
We it was a decent film. It was. I would give it. Oh, fuck. I would. It was also a triangle, though. Let's be honest. I would give it Natalie Portman trying to stash her cereal in the cupboard and then realizing that's not where cereal goes out of ten. No, it's the, the the dishes she put in there. Yeah, but there's cereal that's in not, the dish. Yeah, it's like washing. Yeah, but then she pulled the dishes out and then put them in the sink. <laughs> yeah. She put the cereal in the fucking sink, did she? Jesus Christ. Pay attention. You know what I mean. Get out She's of here. gonna be Thor! I hope so. I think I actually think she'll she make is. a good fan for. Yeah. Excited. Um Right, so it's important to announce the uh if we're done with this one, it's important to announce what we'll be doing next week. Sorry, are you trying to hijack my show right now? <laughs> Can you imagine if I just suddenly took ownership of a podcast? Like Excuse singular? me. <laughs> I'm talking. Oh. Um, so yeah, so... I could just mute. Wow, we've been building up to this. Episode 5. Wow. Um, obviously it's, <laughs> it's Avengers, isn't it? It is Avengers it's next. Avengers, yeah, it? well, it's all been building it's up to Avengers, you. That's what it? it felt like at the time. But actually, it was just step one. Phase one, mm. you might say. Um, first Avengers. Phase. I'll probably mm. mention this next week as well, um, but I remember that was probably the first time I really paid attention to the whole MCU thing. I remember someone said to me, "Avengers is a perfect movie. It has everything you could ever want out of a movie. It's the best thing ever made." <laughs> and he was telling me, "Oh man, it has aliens and all these different superheroes." And he was very excited about it. I don't remember who it was. I just remember he was very People excited. People probably want my like my my general movie then huh? I thought it was an alright movie oh, yeah, but yeah, I didn't yeah, think no, it was I'm amazing not saying, I'm not saying it was all of those things that's just how it was sold to me um, although I did mm-hmm. enjoy it at the time I remember but mm. it's an enjoyable movie but it definitely has issues mm. I remember they spent a long time on the Avengers fighting amongst themselves as they met and I think it didn't leave enough room for the finale or something I don't know it's been a long time well it was the you know unruly heroes coming together against the evil yeah Kind of the point, isn't it? A mischievous little prick. Called Tom Hiddleston, who's actually a lovely chap. He is a lovely chap. Right. That's going to do it for us. Um, I still don't have any outro music or anything, so. Reason talk. Oh, it's been a lovely show. Lovely coming out. Uh, thank you so much to our lovely audience. Oh, this is going and Steve Rogers throwing that shield. Oh man, he really threw that shield. And oh, can't wait to see you in the next one. See you then, you lovely people.